It's the Last Stand Podcast. And here's your host, Brian Custer. That's right. The unfiltered, straight talk from some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. That's what we do here on The Last Stand. I am Brian Custer. And joining me today, our guests come from the sport of boxing. The unified welterweight champion of the world and his trainer, who, by the way, the only trainer in the sport of boxing who has two unified champions, Errol Spence Jr. and Derek James. EJ, DJ, welcome to The Last Stand. Good to be here, man. Thank you. All right, Errol, let's start with you. You're defending those titles December 5th, AT&T Stadium. Uh, in Dallas against Danny Garcia. It'll be well over a year since we've seen the truth in the ring. It's been over a year since you had that horrific car accident. I think everyone in the boxing world wants to know, are you still that guy? Well, I think they'll find out December 5th. I mean, I feel great. I'm in great shape. I've been sparring, working out every day. You know, I've been training every day. So I'll be 100% prepared for this fight. No excuses on December 5th. I'm ready to find a great show in front of my hometown fans and everybody ordered on pay-per-view. So, Derek, as you just heard, Errol, you guys have been sparring. And, and, and what has that been like? Are the reflexes still there? The fast twitch muscles still there? And at any time, were there any doubts for you? Well, there was never any doubt. I mean, I know because I know what kind of guy he is. That's the conversation I had with him. I said, I know you're competitive. I know what you want. When you're very competitive, I know that if, in, if there are any deficiencies by the time fight time, it won't be any. And I haven't seen any thus far. So I just know he's too competitive and he wants to be the best he's going to be. So he's going to push himself to the limit to be great. And give us some insight, Derek, on what those sparring sessions has been like and what you've seen. Well, I've seen him. He's look good, man. He's look great. He's a, his timing, reaction time is there which is a key element for me to watch. I watch, I don't only prepare him and train him or whatever. It's all about watching and seeing how he reacts to this and reacts to the punch, slipping, I mean, everything. So he's looking good. So I'm happy about that. I'm happy about everything. Errol, you know, Danny is known for his timing. He's known for that left hook uh, of his. How do you neutralize that and win this fight? I'm basically, you know, my own timing, using feints, um, you know, sometimes standing my ground and just, you know, just boxing. What I do best, beat opponents up. So, I mean, I neutralize it by just, you know, offsetting him. You know, he punched what I punched, make sure my timing is on point, make sure my reaction time is on point. And I feel like this fight will go, go smooth for me. But he's not a, I mean, he's not much of a, by a puncher, so it just be tactical. I think one fight won't be like the Sean Porter fight. It's all out, you know, broad slash fight. You know, I think this would be more tactical and more pinpoint, you know, type of fight between me and him. You know, we had Danny Garcia on the show, and you know, Danny said when he thinks about this fight, he said, "I got to go get it." In the close losses that I've had, I think I let the early rounds slip away. But this is the unified champ, and if I want to be the unified champ and get the WBC belt back, I need to go get it. I need to start earlier. What does that say to you, Errol? 
Uh, I mean, that's his game plan. I guess he's going to uh, try to press the issue and uh, come forward and, and throw punches. So, I mean, that's that's my understanding about going to go get it. So, um, I'm not worried about throwing punches or or somebody out throwing me or somebody throwing a lot of punches or pressing forward because, I mean, as you've seen with Deshaun Porter fight in previous fights, I mean, I fight well when somebody's trying to press the issue or throw a lot of punches. So. I'm not worried about anything that he's bringing to the table because I have my own game plan and uh, have my own skill set. And I know that, you know, when, uh, when I'm on point, I feel like nobody can beat me at the 147 division. Uh, Derek, you know, you were quoted since, you know, Errol brought up Sean Porter. You were quoted as saying uh, a Porter victory would separate you guys uh, from the rest of the top of the welterweights. So what statement do you think a victory over Danny Garcia would send uh, to the rest of the landscape in that division? I think that it'll show that Errol is the same guy he was before, and the accident was just a small little hiccup, and now he's back. So it's basically being back to the point that's going to be proved, proven to let everybody know that he is the guy he wants to be, and he's the guy to be here for the long haul. Errol, same question to you. If you beat Danny Garcia, what should the boxing public be saying about you going forward? Well, I mean, it'd be saying the same. I'm the same fighter, uh, 10-4, sharp, from accurate. And, um, you know, Danny Garcia is a, a tough opponent. And uh, you taking that as a, um, you know, as a comeback fight, you know, shows a lot. It says a lot about myself and my ability and my skill set, just my mindset overall. So, I mean, they'll be, they'll be saying that, you know, he's the same. He's on the, he's on the same path of, you know, trying to be the undisputed champion you know, the world. They want to put his in division. And, um, you know, he's willing to fight the best opponents that's out there for him to fight. Um, and I, I want to stick with you, Errol, because uh, Sean Porter uh, said that Danny needs to step to you early in this fight and to see if Errol Spence is really over the trauma of that accident. What's your response to that? I mean, they can they can do whatever. If you think I'm not over the trauma of the accident, then tell him to come forward. You know, tell him to back up, do whatever he need to do. He think he's gonna win because you know, like I said, I'll be 100% focused. If I gotta come forward, if I gotta back up, if I gotta sit there and fight, I wouldn't do it all. So I mean. I don't care what type of game plan that he has. I don't think he should be taking anything from Sean Porter. I mean, his game plan is just to, you know, just to fight basically. So, I mean, just to throw, like he grinding, like I said before. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm not worried about any type of game plan that Daniel is following. Um, want to stay on, on the topic of Sean Porter, Derek, because he also said, Quote, Derek James is overrated as a trainer because Errol and Jermel Charlo would be great fighters regardless who was training them. Uh, your thoughts when you heard that? Well, you know, I never said I was the greatest. Or I never said I was anything, first of all. This is what people said or whatever boxing game says. I don't know. But, I mean, yeah, they would be great, great fighters without me. So I'm not saying that I was – I was Jesus when I came in here. I didn't say that. And that's the point I'm making. But at the same time, I mean, I think that he has this ability. Every title that Sean Porter's had, we've taken it. Took it from Kel Book and took it from him. So if I'm overrated, what does that say about himself? What does that say about his trainer? So, I mean, and I don't 
take shots at them in any way because I'm, there's no need to do that because, you know, number one never talks about number two. That's what you got to realize. Number one, my, my motto of life, number one never talks about number two. And that's 10, 20, 30 down, whoever it is, I'm not even concerned about them, so I wouldn't even mention them. So I'm not going to talk about Sean Porter because I don't know what his number is anyway. Uh, Errol, we had uh, your good friend Keith Thurman on the show, and uh, he told us in the episode, quote, talking about you, he needs to see me or he's going to have to leave the 147-pound division. <laughs> your thoughts on Keith Thurman? I guess I'm moving up. We're going down one and two. Because, I mean, that shit ain't happening. Fuck Keith Thurman. What, what, tell me, what is it about Keith Thurman that just rubs you wrong? Don't like, there's just one guy I just never like. Like, there's a lot of boxes out there that I really don't care for, but him, I just don't like him. I just feel like he's just fake. Everything about him, I just don't like him at all. Mm. Uh, we also had uh, Jerron Boots Ennis, uh, young up-and-coming welterweight, obviously very confident. Uh, and he talked about you and Bud Crawford saying how much he really wants to fight you guys. And he said, like, quote, I feel like I have more tricks than those guys, and I can outthink both of them. Uh, I'm faster and I'm stronger. Uh, your thoughts on Jerome Boots Ennis? Uh, great young comer, dude can fight. Very sharp, very accurate. You know, a little like he punch hard, you know. He may have more tricks than me because I already got tricks. I just, I just can fight my ass off, so I don't know nothing about tricks. But um, well, he can fight though. I mean, he's coming up. He's gonna be there along with Virgil Ortiz, and um, you know, it's probably gonna happen sooner or later. Hmm. Uh, you know, you were quoted as saying that you wanted uh, a big fight with Canelo at 160 there in Dallas at AT&T Stadium. When would you like to see that fight happen down the line? I mean, that'd be, a big, that'd be a big fight. I mean, that fight would happen. I don't know when that happened. I mean, it's up to the guys in suits and things like that. It's up to Al and I them. But I wouldn't step on Jamal's Jamal toes or Jamil's toes. I know Jamal been yearning for that fight for a long time. I know Jamil been wanting that fight too. So, I mean, I'll let my guy Jamal get that fight first before I step on his toes and get that fight. But if that's the fight he can't get and I can get, you know, I'll definitely take that fight. I don't know when when it will happen, but, you know, I'll definitely fight it. And, and let me ask you this. Why uh, 160? Why step over 154 and go straight to 160? Is that because Jermel is right there at 154? You certainly don't want to, you know, fight with your, your, your training partner. Yeah, I mean, I'm the person to fight for a title at 154. Is him or what's his name? Cheryl. Cheryl, whatever name is. But I mean, Jamel want to fight him, so I mean, 160 it will, it will be Canelo. So, uh, Derek, as his trainer, how many more fights do you see Errol Spence at at 147? That I don't know. I think that it's more about how many fights he wants to make it. You know, how many about times two, you know? three more. <laughs> oh, there we go. Then you, two, three, you know, two, three more. Two, three more. I mean, yeah. And if it's up to you, Errol, at 147. Lay it out for me. Who 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 is who is on the Errol Spence 147 hit list? On the on the people I got on my hit list, I mean of course Danny. Not looking over him at all. You know that's he's 
Talking about this Danny, Manny Pacquiao, Chance Crawford, then I'm going up. Mm. Um, your thoughts on Errol Bud Crawford taking on Kell Brook? Um, I don't know. I mean, Kell Brook haven't been at, at 147 since he fought me. You know, and I guess it was a stroke for him to make 147 at that time, too. So, it's a stroke for all of us, but definitely a stroke for him. And um, I heard he only had like seven, eight weeks to train. You know, he was just trying to camp like 12 weeks. You know, I mean, everybody being like that. He's trying to camp like 12 weeks. And I heard that his trainer left him, too. But his trainer not going to be with him. I don't know if that's true or not. His trainer's not going to be with him either, so. I mean, it's really up to, you know, Kerbrook feel like he's ready for the fight. You know, I feel like, you know, experience-wise, it's a good fight, but I just feel like Terrence Crawford is going to beat him up. I mean, yeah. I just feel like he's going to win. Hmm. Um, Derek, let's talk about you because, listen, you used to be a fighter, uh, fought at super middle. You put the gloves away about 12 years ago. Did you know then that you wanted to be a trainer? I, I didn't, I kind of knew that I wanted to give back to, to, you know, and that's really kind of what it was. I wanted to give back, but I, I didn't know if that meant being a trainer or being whatever. Then it just kind of happened. Just went to a boxing tournament one day, bumped in the arrow five in the stands, and that's kind of how it went from there. That's kind of how it happened. So I would have been out, I mean, I wouldn't have been involved in sport at all, other than kind of like maybe mentoring or something. I don't know, but I mean, it just happened. And, and do you remember how old Errol was at that time? And, and at that time, were you training anybody at that time? No, no, I wasn't. No, no. I was just working at Cooper Fitness Center. Just working and just not training anybody, not really involved in boxing. I kind of just retired. Errol was about 18 years old. About 18, 17, 18 years old, or something like that. Uh, Errol, tell me about that day. You remember that day? And how, how, how do you remember it? I remember the first time we really started training because I didn't want to work with him. So I was like, nah. Then my dad, my dad actually paid me. He was paying me under the table <laughs> to work with him, come to Cooper and work with him and train with him. So I started training with him. For, we started training for like a couple months. Like I was training with him, then go to another gym, training with him, go to another gym for a couple months. And we were just working on like defense, keeping my hands up. You know, because at that time, I used to always just throw my straight left. I never threw, like, anything else but jab, straight left, jab, straight left, or jab, jab, straight left. And I got with him, I started switching up my combination, doing different things like that. And then, you know, over time, because we got closer and, you know, we got cool, we started talking. But when we first started training, probably for, like, a year. No, I didn't even talk to him. We didn't talk Three years. <laughs> <laughs> One conversation. Yeah, but listen, no, I'm not talking to the person anyway. Right, like, right, I don't, right. like, if I don't know you, I'm not going to talk to you anyway. But you for know? three years, <laughs> three years, we had a conversation, man. And, and this was funny about it. We trained seven days a week. So we trained every day. Every day. And he never, never said had, nothing to you. But we just never had a conversation, man. Yeah, I, just, I didn't talk anyway at the time. Like, I didn't talk. So. Right, yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. No so, words. So, EJ, let me ask you this. Why did you not want to train with him at the beginning? What What was it? Oh, uh, man, basically, you know, stuck in my ways. Stuck in my ways. Just, this is how I am, like, stuck in my ways, you know, wanted to 
keep doing what I've been doing and, you know, just figure it out on my own. That's how, that's how I always am. That's how I always been. That's how I am, you know, even with, you know, strength training, strength conditioning, you know, whatever. But once I get stuck doing something, I just keep doing it. Like, I don't, you know, I don't switch it up. Even though I know it's for the, for the better, I still don't do it. Mm. And so when you look when you look back on it and, and here going forward, what do you think what's the best thing that Derek James has done for you as a fighter each day? Um as you know, well far like being in the ring wise like training? Sure. For, as as a fighter in the ring, uh out of the ring, what what's the best thing he's done for you? Uh, he, he he always talks to me about, you know, having the and uh, you know, being humble and uh, you know, not you know, not you know, below no, you know, or you know, somebody less than you always, you know, saying something to him where you've been his world champion or you know, winning national titles, you know, not to you know, just overly brag on things and just you know, humble yourself, always train hard and stay focused because you know how hard it was to get to the top, you know, easy to, you know, drop to the bottom, you know, in a split second, it can take you decades to get to where you want to be, in a split second, you know, everything can turn and, you know, with loss or anything, you know, people shit on you, you know, just like I'm a Chico. I mean, he, you know, everybody was calling him, like, you know, God of boxing type, <laughs> type thing, and then as soon as you take a loss, people, he's old and overrated, this, that, this, and that, but, Damn, I was just talking good about you guys. Now you're treating them like crap. So, you know, it's always keep that humility and just, you know, stay with me yourself and stay true to yourself. But once you stay true to yourself and, you know, everything can go, you know, at least you stay true to yourself and you, and you got that confidence staying true to yourself. So if everything goes, you know, you'll be comfortable because you've always been within yourself anyway. So, you know, that's how, that's how I've always been. You know, that's how I always am now. On this how you know I'm trying to stay. So you know, I give them that and and um and uh, just working out wise, training wise, you know, just being, you know, he always, you know, keep my hands up, uh, you know, throwing the jab, uh, throwing my punches to Chris, uh, bringing them back. You know, even when I was always smart, like he used to always tell me different things, like you're doing this or you're doing that or you need to do this. And I'm like, I am doing like keep your hands up, like and I turn around because I get mad. Like, I am keeping my hands. <laughs> he was like, I know you keep your hands up. I'm just reminding you, telling you. So, you know, you know, with him, you know, nothing's like, you know, perfect. You know, he's always trying to work on things, always trying to remind me, even if I'm doing something right, you know, he'll tell me, he'll tell me like I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> so, so I just, you know, think about it and make sure that it's in my mind that I'm doing it. You mentioned sparring, keeping your hands up. Just on a side note, what was it like now that you're back in sparring? I mean, was it like riding a bike? What was it like taking punches again and things of that nature? What was it? What has it been uh, like for you? First, the first time I sparred, I did ten rounds. Ten rounds. Yeah, I did ten rounds, and I it felt awkward as hell. It was, it was super awkward. I was, I it just felt awkward like just facing somebody in the ring. I'm like, it just felt awkward. Um, but you know, I feel good, you know, shape wise and reacting and you know, slipping points and stuff like that. It just felt real awkward. But like the second and third spawn, it was just like I guess like riding a bike, like 
you know, once you get on it, like just like one or anything else, once you do it, and then you do it the next day, and the next day you like, you like comes like back natural, because you know, this is what I did, you know, every day. So, you know, this is my life, so it became natural. Now it's like, you know, I'm sharp as tech. Uh, Derek, we we had we had uh, obviously the Charlo twins uh, on the show, and I want to hear from you. What was that like for you uh, when Jamel said he was at a fight? He was sitting with Errol, and all of a sudden he said he leaned over to Errol and said, "Hey, that's your trainer. He's kind of swaggy. I think I want him to train me." Uh, what did you think when Jamel? first approached you about training because you had basically Errol. So what was that like for you? Well, it was really kind of like we went to fight together, the Mayweather uh, Pacquiao fight. And he's like, hey, man, I'm going to hang out with y'all. Man, can I hang out with y'all? I like the way y'all vibe, whatever he said. He's kind of like, so the weekend, he hung out with us. And that was, I guess, that was kind of how he was trying to mess and see how we all messed together. And then when we were at the weigh-ins for the you know, he was like, man, I'm leave my train. I'm going to come with you. And so I was like, man, you know, at first I was like, I like money. I already had a lot of drama with that, with Errol in Dallas. People talking about leaving trainers, whatever. But listen, man, I want to get involved in that. Then later, it was like he was really serious. I mean, he already obviously had it on his mind. He was trying to, like, kind of smoke the scene out and see everything was going. And, then, you know, it, it worked. You know, he worked out really, he worked out really well because – we all are growing. We all are growing. Even though I'm 48, we all are growing. Errol's growing, EJ's growing, Jamel's growing. So we're all growing. We're growing in the right direction. It's not so much about boxing as it is about being better individuals and better people. So that's what I like more than anything is that you see the compassion, the understanding, and the, the, the heart of both of these guys that I see, the heart of both of these guys, when I see them working out, when I see them training, EJ working out from when he first came to the gym, how he grabbed it, built on and built on and built on and built on and built on, on to where you can see all of the heart and emotion in his eyes to focus to where Jamel has been fights with Harrison. He goes into the fight with uh, you know, the last kid and he goes in and you see the, you know, the, the maturation of the man because it's not so much about him. Um, being such a fighter than anybody and being a man. You notice in the press conference, he, he was in the press conference and, and we had talked, so he would just answer the question. And they were like, oh my God, he's going he's gonna to have to do a little bit more than that because we got to sell a fight. Like, no, he's not doing more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like we're all going together, which is a good thing. It's a great thing. That's fantastic. Uh, Errol, was there, when, when he came to you and said, man, I think I want to have Derek be my trainer as well. Was there any like, hey, that's my trainer, man. I'm not trying to share. What was that like for you? Oh, uh, man, I didn't care. I mean, Jamel was my boy anyway. Like, me and Jamel, even the amateurs going all the way up. Like, you know, we go to Texas and we go to the Texas team and things like that. We go to the Derek. So that's always been him and brother always on my boy anyway. So when you say that, I'm like, yeah, go ahead. You know, I talk to the boys. They're like, Use the number and all this and that, you know. So I just wanted to have it. I mean, people come to me all the time and ask, you know, can they train with Derek? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so somebody, I give him, I give him his number and everything. Like, you do. 
Listen, I, I've had the pleasure of seeing those sparring sessions with you two. The best thing, when you, when you get that work in where Jamel Charlo and you two are going at it, what's the best thing? How has that helped you, Errol, as a fighter? Uh, just keep it sharp. I mean, you're fighting somebody like Jamel, you keep it sharp. And they say, you know, I sharp an eye. You know, I'm not, you know, sparring, just a sparring partner or a guy that's coming there to get a check. You know, he's out of shape. A lot of times, you know, he got a fight coming up or I got a fight coming up right next to him. So we being, you know, camp, you know, together. And so so we're close to weight, we won't put the same one before, so we help each other out. And, you know, we're both trying to win. We're both trying to outdo each other. We don't want – I don't want him to beat me up, and he don't want me to beat him up. So, you know, so it brings out the best, especially competitive nature. And so uh, – you know, so it, it, it helps us a lot. It means a lot, you know. And I think we make each other real sharp, really sharp. What was that like for you, Errol, when you saw Jermel knock out Rosario and become the unified champ? And all of a sudden, not only is your training partner the unified champ, but now your trainer has two unified champs. What was that like for you? Well, at first I was shocked. I was like, I wasn't really shocked. I was like, I was looking at what the happened? Like, you know, like uh, like Soprano, you know, when it's at the end, it went off like that. Yeah. I went back and was looking at him like, the hell, it's over? Like, so I was like, I'm like, he gonna get up. Man, he just sat there, I was like, damn, man, like, he really, like, the Boston. And, you know, at first I was like, what the hell? I was just staring at the screen. And then, of course, I was excited at that, and I texted him both of them, like, one morning, like, like, you know, you know, congrats, you know, this is what you work hard for, this and that, but, you know, we don't have it for him, you know, this is what he work hard for, he get a lot of doubters, he get a lot of, you know, people, you know, talk bad about him and things like that, but thinking about Jamil, you know, trains hard, works hard, you know, he's he's always prepared when he gets in the ring, so, uh, you know, it means a lot just for him to get it just do, because I know how hard he works in the gym. Derek, what was that like for you when the realization hit like, wow, the two guys who I train are unified champions, are basically the top guys in their division. What was that like for you when that realization hit you? You know, I think when you realize it's beautiful, but I think that um, it's, it's an individual thing. It's an individual pleasure. You know, for me, like, I can't expect it to mean anything to anybody else other than myself and my guys. Because, I mean, so what that means is it's, it's an individual accolade. That even though the world knows, the people know in the boxing world, reality of it is, it's for us. We want it for us. We want no titles for us. You know, I did it for them. They did it. We all did it together. So I think that that's how I have to look at it. You know, I can't look at it as if it means anything to anybody else. It just has to mean something to me and my guys. And that's really what it means something to me is, is, is myself. And I'm sure that the titles, both of those titles, all three of those titles, something to Aaron Jamel, but that's what it matters the most. Um, Derek, listen, let's be honest with one another. You're the only person in the sport right now that trains two unified champions. 
are you the best trainer in boxing? Hey, I never, this is what I say. I say, they're not better than me and I'm not better than them. It's like, you can't say that. I, mean, I'm, I think that right now, at this particular moment, I may be having more success than the other guys. But I won't say, because you can't say, there's no way to grade who's better, who's best. I mean, I think that everybody's good in their own way. So for me, I would like to say, they're not better than me and I'm not better than them. Whoever the other guys are, I, mean, I think that we're all level. Mother never raised me to think anybody was better than me. So I, I, I have that added, but I won't say I'm better than them either. I just keep pushing on and I let these victories and you know, Errol's, his history and Jamel's history and whoever else's history be able to judge. And then people can say it themselves. I don't have to say that because I don't, I, there's no way one person can be really the best. They can have more success than others. I think it's very hard to, to grade that aspect of it. So I don't even worry about it. I just keep winning and keep focusing on it and not even really pat myself on the back for it. Errol, in your opinion, what separates Derrick James from the rest? Um, I really don't know. For sure. I mean, I really haven't worked with anybody else. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like you said, you know, Willie, you know, you know, his accomplishments, you know, speak for itself, you know. I'm not here to say who's the best. I'm not even here to say, you know, I'm the best boxer, you know, in boxing, you know. I just want somebody to try to beat me. So, um, you know, there goes, you know, for my coach too. I just know that, you know, whatever formula that it has, you know, it works. We train hard, we focus on ourselves, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we come on, on top with the victory, you know, and that goes for Jamil too. So, I mean, I can't say who's the best, but I know he is one of the best, and, um, you know, his, his, his remedy works, and, uh, you know, I'm with it. All right, gentlemen. Uh, for those who watch the show, we allow them to submit questions. Boy, and it came raining down for both of you guys. So uh, here we go. We'll start on Twitter. Uh, Winton from Twitter asks, Errol, um, who's a fighter in a different weight class you would love to fight in the future and why? Anybody else? Uh, I, I really don't know. In a different weight class? I don't know. In a know. different weight class. Yeah, I don't. In different weight class, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jamel, they were 54 and Jamal, they 160. So they they handling everything at their weight class. So I ain't going out on 140. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> um, Drew from Twitter asks, Errol, is being undisputed, the undisputed champ at welterweight important to you? Uh, definitely. That's, after I become an undisputed champion, that's when I'm moving up. So I suffer at 147 for about two, three more fights, or how long that it takes. But hopefully in the next two years or so, I will be undisputed welterweight champ. Uh, this one, Derek, uh, this one from Twitter, it says, would you entertain at all working with Deontay Wilder? Yeah, I like Deontay Wilder, man. I think that, it may, but I know this not, it may not be the case, but I like Deontay Wilder a lot. I think I like his personality. I like the energy he brings. And I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, I mean, he's a, he's a nice guy. I like him, so I would work with him, yeah. 
Uh, this one from Twitter for you, Errol. I got a couple of these questions, so I think only you can answer. It says, Errol, why did you stop working with Blu-ray? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we were supposed to pick it back up, but, you know, the, um, the car accident happened and stuff like that, and, um, and you know, it delayed me for a while, so it, it stopped working out. But hopefully after this fight, you know, we'll get back on it. And start doing our strength conditioning work. Okay, is that a training partner of yours for those who are? Yeah, he do strength conditioning. We do strength conditioning together. Got it. Got it. Got it. Rising push-ups today, non type of you know crazy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one from Twitter from Sports Talk. He says this is for Derek and for Errol. Outside of timing and power, what do you guys think is Danny Garcia's best attribute? Hmm. I think it's toughness. I think it's willingness to mix it up. Hmm. Uh, this one uh, from Twitter, from Quentin. It says, Errol, it looks like Manny Pacquiao is set on fighting Conor McGregor. Do you think he will actually fight you in the future? Um, I don't know. I mean, I hope so, but like I said before, I mean, he earned that right to I mean, do what he wants. He has a you know, Hall of Fame legendary career. So he wants to, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm sure it's a lot of money and they fight with Conor McGregor. So I'm not going for it at all. So if he does fight me, I'm here for it. But if he don't, you know, it is what it is. Okay. Uh, this one for Facebook, Errol, it says, how important is it to you staying undefeated? Um, it's important. I mean, it's definitely important not to lose. I mean, nobody wants to lose, but I mean, it's not my, you know, top, my top, top priority. My top priority is, you know, becoming undisputed Westweight champion of the world. So I got derailed from a little bit, but I think after this fight, you know, I'll be right on track to you know, getting out of titles. This one from Facebook uh, for you, Derek. It says, since you have insight on Errol every day and you watch fighters, what separates, in your opinion, Errol from the likes of Bud Crawford and the other top welterweights? I think that, I mean, I don't really know uh, Bud like that. I've only seen him fight twice. But I think that I can say Errol's fortitude in the way he's challenging himself and pushing himself. I've never seen um, anything other than that from, from Crawford. But Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, they pushed themselves also. But I think that Errol's fortitude, his toughness, is really there. Not, and that separates from my, from my perception to, from the other guys. Mental toughness and fortitude. Hmm. Gentlemen, we've come to the last segment of this show. We call it The Last Stand. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. Y'all ready? Right. Derek James, yeah. in your opinion, who is the best trainer in boxing? I don't think there is one. I think that I don't think there is one. I won't say one. There is one. All right, Errol Spence. Uh, where should Errol Spence Jr. be rated in the pound for pound rankings right now? Uh, somewhere in the top, top, 
somewhere in the top five teams. Somewhere in the top five teams. Does it upset you when you see those rankings and they have Bud Crawford in front of you and you're the unified champ? Nah, it don't upset me at all. I mean, those, those are people's opinions at the end of the day, so it don't upset me. Upset me. Derek, first thing that comes to mind when I say the name Sean Porter. Little man Jack. <laughs> 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 Tell me why that comes to mind. Okay, you know Wolfman Jack used to have a hey, you know, you know what the yes. beard. Yeah, Wolfman Jack, man. Okay. Errol, uh first thing that comes to mind when I say Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, let me see. Work uh say grinder. Yeah. Achiever. Yeah. Last question, Errol Spence, by this time next year, will you be getting ready to fight Bud Crawford? I don't know. Hopefully. We'll see. So to Al and Bob. Let them talk about it. There you go. I want you okay. I think that's I think that's what everybody loves to hear. Uh Errol Spence Jr. We'll be taking on Danny Garcia December 5th. It will be one heck of a fight there in Dallas, Texas. Derek James, he's not going to say it. Best trainer in boxing right now. I appreciate you guys. I have a question, BC. Let me, let me, are those two Emmys on the pool table? They, they are. They are. Yeah, they are. Damn, okay. I mean, just make sure they're visible. I see them. Well, I saw that when the first like, what? Yeah, okay, here we go. And then well, we knew he, that. Listen, if you go talk to the unified champ, I gotta have my my hardware too. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I didn't know if he's gonna have his belts. I figured I need to have my hardware. I see a two that's a fucking right there. Sitting right there. Two Emmys, man. That's what I'm talking about. I had the other ones upstairs, but you know, I, I figured, you know. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm the undisputed when it comes to this. You know yeah. what I mean? That's right. That's right. right. <laughs> That's what we do here, folks, on The Last Stand. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.
It's the Last Stand Podcast. Hi, I'm Earl Spence, the unified welterweight champion of the world. I'm Derek James. Catch us on the Last Stand Podcast. Brian Custer. It's the Last Stand Podcast. Every title that Sean Porter's had, we've taken it. Took it from Kel Booker, took it from him. So if I'm overrated, what does that say about himself? What does that say about his trainer? So, I mean, and I don't take shots at them in any way because I mean, there's no need to do that because number one never talks about number two. That's what you got to realize. Number one, my, my motto of life is, Number one never talks about number two. And that's 10, 20, 30 down, whoever it is, I'm not even concerned about it, so I wouldn't even mention it. So I'm not gonna talk about Sean Porter because I don't know what his number is anyway. 